Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Our relationship with social media may have fundamentally changed about 10 minutes ago. No, it's not an overstatement. President Trump has signed an executive order which changes the fundamental relationship between the government and social media, specifically outlets like Facebook and Google and Twitter. Let me play for you some of the comments by the president from the White House just a moment ago as he signed this executive order to, quote, protect and uphold the free speech and rights of the American people. Here's President Trump. I'm signing an executive order to protect and uphold the free speech and rights of the American people. Currently, social media giants like Twitter receive an unprecedented liability shield based on the theory that they're a neutral platform, which they are not, not an editor with a viewpoint. My executive order calls for new regulations under Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act to make it that social media companies that engage in censoring or any political conduct will not be able to keep their liability shield. That's a big deal. They have a shield. They can do what they want. They have a shield. They're not going to have that shield. What do you think about that? Five seven five zero zero to the Utah Community Credit Union text line. I'd like to hear your thoughts. I'm also going to, uh, in a moment after I sign off, I'm going to post to my Facebook page the executive order as soon as I'm able to get my hands on it. I can tell you that it has not been distributed by the White House quite yet. There was a leaked copy I was able to get my hands on, and I have reviewed throughout this morning and into the afternoon trying to understand exactly what the president intends to do. And if I'm honest, I don't understand exactly. But you heard him in his own words there describe some of uh, what he calls a, a shield or a protection enjoyed by social media platforms. And if the authority upon which he has called to sign this executive order proves to be legitimate, then that shield and those protections go away. Protections against what? Well, censorship and the limiting of freedom of speech and such like that. It will undoubtedly be challenged in the courts. And it will undoubtedly occupy headline after headline, and you and I will join back here and talk about it. But today is the kickoff of something fundamental and profound. where the President of the United States has asserted authority to exert his will against places like Facebook and Google and Twitter. 
and remove certain protections that they have enjoyed for some time. Now, this stems from something, of course. You may have heard there was a tweet just recently by President Trump where he talked about mail-in balloting. He talked about how if we were to wholly adopt mail-in balloting across the country, that it would undoubtedly result in fraud and stolen ballots. And that tweet went out. A lot of capital letters and all caps and such like that, in Trump fashion. And then not long after those comments were tweeted by the president, that tweet had a little line of text underneath, not from the president, but overlaid by Twitter itself. There was a, an exclamation point in a little triangle, and it said, uh, I'm paraphrasing from memory, that if you would like more information or the real information about mail-in balloting, click here. And then you were directed to uh, another source of information. The translation of that whole exchange between President Trump and Twitter, meaning that Twitter has exercised its policy or installed a new policy of fact-checking. Fact-checking social media. Now, not long ago, Mark Zuckerberg was on CNBC's Squawk Box, and he talked about how social media platforms should not police political speech, essentially putting him on the side of Donald Trump, which is interesting. I'll let Zuckerberg speak for himself. I think in general, you want to give um, as wide of a, of a voice as possible, and I think you want to have a special deference to political speech. Now, there is this question of Twitter's behavior responding to the mail-in balloting tweet from President Trump. Was it appropriate or not? Twitter, obviously, in <laughs> putting up the fact-checking line there, believes that it is appropriate. Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook, not so much. We've been pretty clear on what I think the right approach is, which is that I don't think that Facebook or Internet platforms in general should be arbiters of truth. I think that's a kind of a dangerous line to get down to in terms of deciding what is true and what isn't. And I, I think political speech is one of the most um, sensitive parts in a democracy, and people should be able to see what, what politicians say. And there's a ton of scrutiny already. Lastly, here is Mark Zuckerberg explaining exactly what Facebook does regarding hoaxes. We have a program to make sure that you know, the things that are spreading virally on Facebook aren't complete made-up hoaxes. You know, so if you look at you know, whatever the top 1,000 or 10,000 links are that are being shared in a given day, you know, some of the stuff that people share on the Internet is real junk, and it's completely made up, and you don't want that stuff to be the stuff that's, that's going the most viral. So we have a program where we work with independent fact-checkers on that um, to make sure that things that are completely hoaxes can, can be limited in their spread. You know, the point of that program isn't to like try to parse words on is something slightly true or false. It's really to catch the worst of the worst stuff. All right. There are three actors at play right here. There is the president, there is Mark Zuckerberg, and then there is Mr. Dempsey of Twitter. I have reactions to all three of their behaviors. Let me give them to you quickly. I agree 100% with the attitude of Mark Zuckerberg. I do not believe that these social media platforms should be the arbiters of truth, especially when it comes to political speech. Now on to Twitter. 
Twitter. I agree with and support and defend their ability to manage their company however they will. I wish that they would follow the example of Mark Zuckerberg and stay out of it, but I do support their ability to do so. This is a company. This is not a government entity. This is not Congress, and they are not bound by the rules which bind Congress and the other branches of government. Speaking of which, the executive branch, Donald Trump. I am no constitutional scholar nor lawyer. I have never argued nor a single case in front of the Supreme Court, and so take this attitude with a grain of salt. I do not believe that this executive order holds up in court. I believe that very soon it will be challenged, and I believe that of the many lawsuits involving the president, that this one will be struck down. I do not believe uh, in spirit that there exists authority for the President of the United States through executive order to exert this type of will and take away from these social media platforms the protections that they have enjoyed thus far. I'll keep an eye on it, though. We'll see what shakes. I also am anxious to get my hands on the actual executive order. I've had a leaked earlier copy, uh, but I want to know the final, final language. When I get my hands on that, I'll pour through it, and you and I will join back here and talk about it once again. And that's going to do it for today's episode of Live Mike. Remember, at 345, the chief of police from Ogden will be taking to the microphone and telling the story of what happened in Ogden today in that officer-involved shooting. I wish the best for all involved, and I'll be listening to it here on KSL News Radio during Jeff Kaplan's afternoon news. That's it for me. I'll see you tomorrow at 1 o'clock here on KSL News Radio.